You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, your Tampa Bay Rays sweep the Baltimore Orioles, improving to 68 and 44 on the year. That is four games above the Boston Red Sox in the AL East. I should note that the Rays outscored the Orioles by a combined margin of 31 to 15. So not very competitive games as far as the Orioles are concerned. Uh, With that, Ulysses, it is a Monday, which means it's uh, time for our takeaways, observations, what we learned from the weekend. What do you got? We are so spoiled as Tampa Bay race fans, Kevin, my goodness mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, when you're, you're, you're watching a race game and you're like, Oh, really? I, I really hope we can come back here. Um, when, when the race play the Orioles, it's, that's not even a question. I always yeah. know they're going to come back. Like there's, uh, there's just too many opportunities to come back for a team that is this good to not come back. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's the, the odds are just so good uh, for the race here to just come in and sweep once more. They've played so well against the Orioles this season, and that's exactly what they need to do. This has been an ongoing problem or an ongoing, ongoing issue with the race with the Orioles for the last, I think in the last five years, the last, Three of the last five years, the race have not made the gains that they needed to do mm-hmm. or needed to make against the Orioles. They've really taken care of them this year, certainly, and last year as well. But if I need to do my takeaway, it's not going to be a happy one, unfortunately. I don't think I'm going to get so many hype ups here. But uh, Michael Walker is here to stay. Yes. And I know that that makes a lot of race fans angry and they want to throw stuff at the wall and say bad stuff on Twitter, but he's here to stay. Mm -hmm. And when you look at his numbers, there's not a lot to grasp to make him stay. Um, He's got a two and three record, 549 ERA in 80 and a third innings pitch, 71 Ks, 23 walks. Um, when you look at the peripherals, the, the, the ground ball rate used to be in the mid forties in his peak. It's at 37.8% this year. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is the year where hitters have produced the highest exit velo uh, uh, against him in his career at 89.5, the hard hit rate at 42%. It's almost at his worst, uh, last year. I, I didn't, <laughs> I had a very difficult time trying to find out. Um, if there is anything in the numbers that can justify Waka remaining in, in the race rotation, because it's difficult. The only I'll give thing you one. Find, I'll give you a number. Uh, 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 oh, what is it? The, there's see. 16 players on the IL for the race. There you go. The franchise you go. record. That is one of the reasons that Michael Waka is in the rotation. 
100%. Somebody needs to be there. And that's why I'm saying that we're spoiled. It's because as race fans, we forget that a number five guy is going to pitch like a number five guy. Mm-hmm. A number yes. five guy in the rotation does not usually have a 320 ERA and it's a Cy Young contender. That just doesn't happen. And I think that, you know, race fans have gotten a little bit spoiled here. The one thing I did find, not only because of the IL, but he has been strong against the Yankees and the Red Sox this year. Yeah. And and and, and, and in three outings, not allowing uh, earned runs in those three outings, uh, I think that speaks to him and maybe his expertise and maybe the way that he can step up in a big moment, but all the other numbers, they're not pretty. I understand that race fans, but that IL number is too big. And when you look at AAA, Kevin, and people are like, Oh, Shane Boss. Well, Shane Boss <laughs> has only thrown like 23 innings in AAA. So let's give the kid a breather. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. We also said Wander was ready in, in April. And it took right. him a little bit to, to get going. Okay. <laughs> so if it needs, if he needs a little bit of, to get going, maybe Shane also needs another, uh, you know, beat or two. Then you look at Dietrich Enns. He's the only guy that has started multiple games in AAA and has a good amount of innings. So he's might he might be the guy because Brent Honeywell, he's only started about five games this season. And it's not mm-hmm. like he's putting, you know, AAA hitters, you know, on fire here. Uh, he's got a, what, 350 ERA, something like that. I just, I don't see more options than Walker right now. And I feel like race fans need to just accept a five pitches like a five. Yeah. And look, I think you hit the nail on the head with all of this. And let's be honest. I don't know if the race, as far as Dietrich ends goes, do you want to throw another lefty into the rotation. You've already got quite a few lefties as it is. I think that was maybe part of the reason among others that the Rays were so quick to trade Rich Hill. And I'll tell you what, look, Diedrich ends. His story is great coming from independent ball and what he has done in AAA. That's awesome as well. But if Michael Walker was pitching in AAA right now, his numbers would probably be pretty similar to what Diedrich ends are in AAA. So let's also keep that in mind. And for the time being, yes, Michael Walker is in the rotation and we have to accept that. We have to realize that. I know people are going to continue to bitch and moan on Twitter, uh, but what other option do you have as of right now? Shane Boz is probably recovering and going to take some time to recover and get back to full readiness from Tokyo. That's going to take a little bit of time. We hear yeah. progress on Chris Archer. Okay. Once Chris Archer comes back, then maybe you have more of a tandem starter role. Maybe you can flip flop or work both walk and Archer at the same time. But look, it, it, this is the situation that the Rays are in right now. And I think we have to deal with that. It's not like you can just, you know, wave a magic wand and say, let's stretch out Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh can be our starter. Now I do think there are situations where, uh, and we've, we've already talked about it, the overuse of the bullpen. So are you going to overuse the bullpen even more as it is? And here's kind of a little theory on Michael Walker is he's only on a one-year deal. So if you're the Rays, you're not just looking for this year. You're looking for next year and the year beyond. You want to save some arms. You want to save some bullets. So it's just like, let's just roll out Walker. Let, let's have him yeah. take the brunt if need be, especially against the Orioles on a Sunday afternoon game. Why not? Let's do it. That's what we got to do. So, and I do see them kind of trying to stretch out Drew Rasmussen a little bit. Maybe the Rays can get more creative with 
uh, how they use Waka opener, double opener, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, every fifth day until Archer or McKay or somebody else is ready to take the call, Boz, Waka is going to continue pitching for this team. I'm sorry to say it. So you're going to have to deal with it if you're a Rays fan. And honestly, I don't see that changing until September when, you know, you could see a Shane Boss get a call up or a Brent Honeywell get a call up. I, yeah. I, again, you mentioned Archer and thank you for men- mentioning Archer too, because obviously he's, he's probably the next man up, but he just stopped his, his uh, rehab one, yeah. one, one inning in because of hip discomfort. So again, the, the IL is too heavy, my friend, to be, you know, I, I really don't want Michael Walker to give me five innings. Sometimes five innings and five runs looks messy. But if it's against the Orioles, you should be able to win that game still. And they right. did. So I'm sorry to bring up the, the, the negatives first on, on the takeaways, but it's just reality. You, you're, race fans, get ready to see Michael Walker for the rest of August. And not to make excuses for Michael Waka, but credit the Orioles. They did some good work, some good hitting yesterday, surprisingly. It's not like every ball was a cutter down the middle. I mean, the Orioles had to work some at-bats, and they made really good contact with some balls that they probably shouldn't have been able to. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, guys of that nature. So let's keep that in mind as well. So uh, enjoy, keep enjoying Michael Walker because you're going to see him. You're going to see him four or five days from now. I'm sorry. It's it's going to happen. We have to realize that. And you know what? I would take that if, if he struggles against the Orioles, but is good against the Red Sox and the Yankees, I'll take that every day of the week. I, I mean, we, we see you, the race had to know in the back of their mind. I mean, even if, Walker gives up uh, five earned runs and four innings or five innings or whatever it is. I mean, the way that Orioles bullpen is and how bad they are defensively, especially as an infield uh, with the pass balls. And, uh, you know, you, you would think a, ro- a routine double play, at least be able to get one out. They can't turn any outs on that. So they're a, a mess, a disaster in multiple ways there. And, and of course, the Rays were able to capitalize with it. Uh, too with that. So very good takeaway on your part. Um, yeah. And, and again, I think it's just social media too, that if, if Shane McClanahan gives up a home run that people lose their minds. So it, it is what it is with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People aren't uh, sane and normal on social media at times. I'll just say that. Uh, where are we with the live read? Oh yeah. Stat hero, stat hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player and control in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, Ulysses, getting to my takeaways. I just realized I'm not even on video. I forgot to do that. Wow, I forgot to flip over to the video. It's a Monday, folks. Man, (laughs) you're probably 
incognito there wondering when I was going to talk or not. You should have let me know ahead of time. I, you know, I didn't know if I should come in there and I was like, okay, maybe he's just having a bad hair day or something, but it's not, it's you're, you're having a good hair day. You're, you're being selfish, not letting me see that mop of hair. I'm a little tan. I did get a haircut on Friday. It's, it's not like my face is full of zits. Like I'm a high school freshman or something like that. So, okay. Now you can see me. You should have let me know. Did you, did you try to give me any sign or indication? Yes. Uh, uh, during oh, the, I, the, I saw the little square box. I didn't know what you were talking about. I thought you were yeah, talking was about like, the strike zone or something like that. No, I was like, come on, I can't see the square, but, and then I texted you. I was like, oh my God. Oh I my God. Hey, when, yeah. when you get in a groove, you get in a groove. So, okay. Anyway, we have that settled on the show. Uh, my takeaway or really the main one that I want to mention is Nelson Cruz. And I know it is the Baltimore Orioles, but still there is a reason that Uh, Nelson Cruz was acquired. It was for moments like these over the course of the weekend, he went four for 15, had two homers, two doubles, seven RBI and four runs. Um, I just want to mention this because again, social media being social media, it seemed like, you know, he did outside of his debut with the Rays. There were some struggles here or there, not being able to contribute in some moments where you think he would be able to, but I also know he was dealing with a foot issue. And it's also even for a guy of his age, a veteran who's played as long as he has, it's not the easiest thing to do to move cross country and try to get all the logistics settled. You have a lot on your mind when you're moving from one team to another, but it seems like he's really starting. You would think to settle in as he now has four home runs and 13 games. Wait, Kevin. So he can't just like play ball wherever he is. He doesn't have like, you know, a rental, like he doesn't have like life to take care of as well. That's crazy. You have a timeshare in Tampa Bay that he could have just settled into right away. You didn't have to deal with any housing or family issues. What? Kevin, you're, this is, this is just like MLB the show. They should just perform no matter what, when we hit the buttons here, look, man. Yeah. It's a big, big move, especially when you've, you know, played in that place for three, four years. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think he's doing great. I think honestly, his his value, like we said from the first day um, when we knew that he was coming over, his um, value is not only attached to what he does on field. A lot of it is, and we're expecting you know value on the field, but that's not the only thing. I mean, that's what if that was his only thing that he had to give the raise. His locker room, his locker wouldn't be in the middle of of Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco, right? You know that that his value comes from other uh, other places as well. But it is nice, of course, to see him succeed. And I don't care if it's the Orioles. The Orioles are a major league team, and the Orioles uh, have their own issues. But that's for them to solve. That's not for mm-hmm. the other twenty nine other teams to solve and say, "I'll take it easy on you." No, they give the, they give the other team wins. Sure, we'll take them. Because now yeah. four games ahead of the Red Sox, that matters. Beating that competition that you need. Uh, Nelson Cruz, I think he's doing fantastic. And isn't it like 10 RBIs in 12 games or something stupid like that? Yeah. I feel he's, like that's, that, that's fantastic. Come we on. can nitpick the average and the on-base percentage, but in time, that'll even out. That'll regress to the mean or progress to the mean, however you want to look at it. Nelson Cruz will be Nelson Cruz eventually in a raised uniform. So, and I also wanted to add this. Now, now you're frozen on my end. What's going on on this Zoom? Oh no, you're good. 
We're good. Okay. Uh, I wanted to add this as well in just kind of breaking down Nelson Cruz a little bit, man, in watching him, he might have the most power from an effortless swing. Like I've never seen a guy yes. deposit a ball to right center, a right, uh, a right-handed hitter deposit a ball to right center with such ease. And it doesn't have to be like a 97, 98 fastball. And we saw him on Friday. Like there were some examples there on Friday, which shows like, okay, now we know why Nelson Cruz has hit 440 career home runs, because I, I can't remember the pitcher. Look, Baltimore's throwing out a different pitcher every time. I, I know Jorge Lopez and John means and Dylan Tate for not so yeah. good reason. That, that, that's about all I got Tate, for you yeah. as far as the <laughs> Orioles is, uh, as far as that's concerned. But um, when Nelson Cruz was at bat on Friday, when he hit the home run. So the pitcher for the Orioles just totally yanked the slider and the dirt wasn't a competitive pitch whatsoever. So Nelson Cruz, knowing he's at one Oh, the pitcher did not throw a good breaking ball. He's going to have to come back with something that he's comfortable in the zone, a fastball. Nelson Cruz probably realized that and said, I'm going to attack. And he did. And then I think later on in the game where he had the go ahead double uh, again, you just see the, the max exit velocity that he produces where he hits the ball so hard that it just deflects off the glove of the third baseman. I think Mateo and, you know, I think Mateo, a rookie and really any infielder in baseball, when Nelson Cruz steps to the plate, you take a step back and you, you really focus like, I know this guy's going to hit the ball really, really hard, and it's going to be really tough to make a play on that ball. So it's not just the home runs, but it's just the ability to hit the ball hard and get extra base hits or just, you know, really kind of put pressure and stress on the opposing defense and pitching staff. And I, and when do those extra base hits come is the most important yes. factor. And Honestly, if you look at his production, it's at turning points. It's at high leverage points when you need him to come through. And, and, and that's what matters. So I don't care if the guy goes one for five in, in, in a game. If that one hit that he had was a double in the eighth that drove in two, the mm -hmm. winning two. You, I don't care about the batting average. That's 200 for the day. I really don't. And yeah. I think a lot of race fans, uh, you know, stop looking at one stat. Look at a little bit more. Let's like w peel back the onion again. Right. That guy that hits 200. Well, what kind of hit was it against? Who was it? Uh, what Brandon point Lau, of the example. game was it? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the, the context matters, and so yeah, maybe the batting average isn't there, but I don't care. I'm looking at those rubies, I'm looking at those uh, extra base hits. And, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what, where they come in. And also, I haven't seen this yet, but I want to see the production uh, it, within games that Nelson Cruz has been in of guys in front of him mm -hmm. and after him. Yeah. Because the, the, I, I feel like that's a big part of also his value on the field is being in, the, in, in that lineup is going to make people around him way, way better. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned big moments and types of situations. Brett Phillips is that kind of guy too. Like you look at the overall oh numbers boy, love like, that. Eh. and he strikes out 40% of the time. The average hovers around 210, but sometimes you need a big hit. You need a big play. You need a big steal. You need a big catch. You need a big run. He can uh, come in clutch sometimes. He's got a higher war than KK right now. Yeah. He's got more steals. He's got more home runs. He's a lot less expensive. Just throwing that out there. Food for Are thought. We, uh, well, first of all, before we get to that conversation, how good does that feel to, to see 
uh, Brett come in yes. with with that grand slam because it was on everybody's mind. Like, um, what if he does this and right. then he does it again? It's that was a big situation. It wasn't just like uh, the Rays are up twelve to four. Uh, you, you know, garbage time home run. No, uh-huh. that was that was a big moment. No, you, that, that was needed. Change the complexion of the game. Yeah. When do those extra base hits come? If if, if if a guy's just hitting jacks when the games are ten to three, do you, I mean that's that that means less to me than when the game is tied in the eighth. Yeah. Um, and Brett Phillips somehow always is in between these big big time hits. I think that matters, uh, and I think you're come you, you come from a school where that matters. I know the Brian Kennys of the world are trying to really tell us that the locker room chemistry does not exist because you can't quantify it, that you can't quantify clutchness, so guys can't be clutch. I'm sorry. After watching more than two plus decades of of sports. I can tell you, yeah, clutchness is a thing. It's just some guys yeah. have it, some guys don't. Whenever you can come up with a, a formula for that, cool. I'll read the article. But for now, I know right. that clutch happens. Clutch is yeah. a thing. And Brett Phillips is always in these moments. Oh, and yeah, first of all, I'm not Brian Kenny. I'm not going to listen to a five foot four guy in a suit talk about baseball with grain hair. I'm just not, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. But And I think we need to, and not to go into a whole thing here, but the word clutch, maybe their wording or their explanation, they don't like it, but you, you turn on those big lights, you put 40,000 fans in a stadium, you put a bunch of TV cameras on the field, you have pregame, postgame interviews, you put that big league jersey on, uh, you, you face a dominant closer, dominant pitcher, some, there's a, there's a lot of guys that fold. In that moment, there, there's a reason yeah. a lot of guys are really good at double A and triple A and they can't hack mm-hmm. it in the big leagues. And maybe it's not just about clutch, but overall makeup and being able to step up to the moment. I think that has something to do with it as well. And the clubhouse chemistry thing is absolutely, absolutely important. I mean, that's why the Rays are one of, uh, among other reasons why they are so successful with that. Um, Ulysses, I do, you know, talking about Nelson Cruz real quick before we move on, uh, he now has 440 career home runs. Do you know who he is tied with? 440 home runs, Adam Dunn. Oh, that is a good guess. I will say he just passed Paul Konerko the other day, but he is tied with this guy. I'm going to give you another shot. Uh, played for the Oakland Athletics for a while and played for the New York Yankees for a while in our era of growing up as adolescents. Johnny Damon. No, no way. He no, 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 no. You're, but you're, you're right with the J name. You're, Jason you're the Giambi. Right there we go. Very good. Jason Giambi. Wow. 440 career home runs. 440. <laughs> Why did I say Johnny Damon? I'm so dumb. I haven't had my coffee people. I'm, Were you thinking of like sorry. 440 stolen bases or doubles? Yeah. yeah there you go. That's, that's what I heard. There we go. Uh, uh Giambi. Look at that. 440. Yeah. My goodness. Very good. That's a good How about comp. That? That's a good guess. Uh, Awesome. All right. Uh, You know, I'm sure I I can't confirm or deny this, but I would imagine that Jason Giambi probably got some of his strength and power from some built bars. I could be wrong, though. Who knows? I mean, some of it with the other. Well, you know, bicep curls and other things, Kevin. But, you know, uh, when you talk about built bar, 
you got to talk about the flavors, right? You, you've got mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange. You've got them all. They're all delicious. They're all healthy too. I mean, let's 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 talk about grams of protein, seventeen to eighteen. The calories are ranging from one hundred and thirty to one hundred eighty. Only four to five grams per sugar. Uh, four to five grams net carbs incredible flavors they're all tasty and all healthy you know what i only have one peanut butter brownie left in my mm. cupboard right now so i i need to go to built.com and when i go to built.com i'm going to put on that promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and i'm going to get 15 percent off and i think that you should also get 15 percent off on your order so go today to built.com and use that promo code Locked 15. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the playoffs, head over to the Bet Online website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON. Use that at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Ulysses, uh, last week we put out a call for people to submit voice memos uh, making their case and arguments for why Tyler Glass now will be on the raise in 2023 and maybe beyond. Um, we sort of had the discussion and the agreement and I guess disagreement, maybe some agreement. R really, it's all up in the air <laughs> as far as whether Tyler Glass now is going to be on this team in 2022, 2023 and beyond. But And, and we made a promise out there that if you send us a voice memo, uh, 60 seconds or less, outlining why you are emphatic that Glass now will be on the team uh, in 2023. We'll, we'll actually, well, let me, let me rephrase that. We'll throw again for the raise. We'll, we'll make a meaningful pitch for the raise. We assume that's going to have to be in 2023, most likely, um, that uh, you send us voice me uh, memo. And if you're correct, you know, 12, 14, 16 months from now, you, uh, you'll have an invitation to be on the show. You'll you'll get to guest host an episode. So right now I see uh, Zach Dab and Walter Rosado. Those are our two candidates right here who, if they are right, they will get to uh, guest host an episode in the future. So let's go ahead and get to uh, what Zach Dab has to say about the issue. Tyler Glasnow will be a member of the Rays in 2023 and beyond, I believe. And the reason for that, I think, is very, very simple. I believe what the Rays are going to do and should do in this offseason is come to Tyler Glasnow and say, hey, you're going to be going through this rehab. Let's get you an extension. And it'll be like this. For the 2022 season, he will get paid around maybe 2 to $3 million, maybe $4 million as he is rehabbing in the 2020 three season as he's coming back he will get kind of what he would have gotten this year the seven eight million maybe the eight million dollar figure and then 2024 let's say you bump it up to like nine ten million 2025 like you know at 11 12 million dollar deal 
and the Rays will lock him up, give him some security. He'll sign the deal. The Rays will get cap relief for this season, or for sorry, for next season and for the season after that. And then Glasnow will still be getting paid and get paid what he really deserves to get paid in the future seasons. And Glasnow will be on the Rays roster. Ulysses, what do you have to say about that? I mean, I think that's the the the, the long term deal is definitely one way of keeping Glass now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't uh, pay Glass now two million dollars. You can't go backwards. Just, He's not taking a pay cut. Not going to happen. No, it's it's, it's literally impossible due to the arbitration uh, rules. Like you can't just go back like that. Like honestly, because of what he did this year. He's going to get that raise. So uh, we're looking at a 2022 salary for for Glasnow, but you know, six, seven, eight million. So mm-hmm. let, let's go in the middle, seven mil. So I agree with Zach that that's a way of doing it, but unfortunately, not that first part. You have to pay him seven mil, around seven mil next year. Then the year after, yeah, then there is no bump up because again, he didn't pitch in 22. Let's say so, then it would be two years consecutively of seven mil. So that's 14 mil. Can you attach uh, 2024 first year of free agency, uh, maybe 15 mil, maybe. And I think a lot of other teams could trade for him with one. Like if, if they see enough of, of glass in 23, where the trade deadline, you can like flip them like a Barrios and still have a year and a half. I think a lot of teams would pay for for glass if he shows that he can do what he can do for 15 mil. Like, right. Uh, not a lot of teams are poverty here. Um, so I think it's it's a way of keeping glass. I just oof, you think I the numbers are off this, that Zach's proposing. Yeah, the, out there. the numbers are a bit off. Yeah, they're a bit low, I would say. And let's also yeah. keep in mind that um, I mean, Yanni Torino's, for example, this year. He has not thrown a pitch for the Rays, and he's making double what he did last year. And I don't even think the Rays and him went to arbitration. They just agreed on a figure that he went from the you know five hundred sixty thousand dollar league minimum rookie salary to you know one point two one point one million, yeah, whatever it is. Not to say that Glass now is going to absolutely get double that in twenty twenty two. That he's going to get eight million, but I think probably twenty twenty two twenty three combined would be fifteen million, right? Seven eight million dollars yep. around that range. And let's remember, Glassnow is a competitor, and probably in his viewpoint, in his eyes, he views himself as an ace, and he wants to get mm-hmm. ace money, and he wants to cash in on free agency. And I think, look, if you look at the 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 twenty twenty one free agent class, Trevor Rosenthal got eleven mil for one year. Corey Kluber cut 11 mil at 35 years old, didn't pitch in 2020, had a disastrous 2019 where only threw 35 and he threw Smiley 11 million. I mean, you know, I think he, he wants to get that opportunity to go out there on the open market, even if he's coming off injury, although there is that expectation that he's going to be able to, in his viewpoint, I think put up some good numbers in 2023. Kevin, the Rays paid $6.5 million for Chris Archer. Yes. In, in, in this economy, after a yeah. pandemic, they gave Chris Archer $6.5 million. Glasnow is going to get paid no matter what kind of results he has in 2023 after TJ. And so I, I feel like if you haven't signed a multi-year by now, Yes. Yeah, maybe the injury is, is is a way of like, hey, remember when we said to 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 sign it, and maybe that's in his head. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I f- I feel like when when yeah, when Drew Smiley gets eleven million dollars, 
after TJ, I yeah. think Glass is going to be fine. When Garrett Richards gets 10 million, when Taiwan Walker gets 23 he million over three years, when Odorizzi yeah. gets 23 and a half million over three years, like Mike Miner, 18 million over two years. And let's look at the Rays' history a little bit. They have a tendency to trade or let pitchers in their prime, starters in their prime, go to another organization. It's not like they, outside of James Shields, there's a lot of guys that they are willing to trade for a package or willing to move off of. Blake Snell, the most recent example. David Price, Zach Casimir, Matt Garza, Chris Archer, Alex Cobb. Like, I mean, there's there, there's a history here with the race. We, we got to talk about, though, what Evan said, which is a, a good point. Maybe right now the stock is at its lowest for glass now because obviously you're in the shelf for, for, for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So um if you're the Rays and you're always trying to maximize value of your assets, why would you sell it at the lowest point right now? That's true. So uh, I I think it's a tough one, man. Every day I wake up, I feel a different way because I can see that person's, you know, objective. I can see that, that, that side of things. It's, it's a tough one. It's really up in the air. At least for me, it is. I I don't have a concrete idea of what's going to happen. But you know what? Even if his value is at rock bottom right now, it's still good value in the aggregate. You can still seemingly sure. you would think that there would be a team out there willing to pay the freight or give up something to acquire him. Uh, okay, good comment there from Zach. And then this one from uh, Walter Rosado. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. I think the Rays are going to keep glass now. Um, $7 million in salary. It's a lot for them. But remember, they paid Yoshi $12 million for the last two years, so pretty much $6 million a year. So what's $1 more million on top of that? And they're paying Yoshi right now, so I see it, I see it happening. What do you guys think? Bye. Ulysses? Well, I, I feel like that is a <laughs> um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek there by Walter. Um, right. But it does make a point. I mean, they did, they did pay a guy not to produce all that much. They, they've paid several guys to not do that. And I think the point is, look, I think it's almost the opposite from what Walter's saying. The Rays have already been burned this many times of paying guys to not do anything or not produce up to their level. And I think there's probably a level of frustration with that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and, and there's, I think, uh, an area where, well, at least if we're going to put seven mil for two years, it's on a guy that we know. Uh, It's a guy that we can keep our eye on. It's not a free agent guy who's coming in with maybe discomfort and we don't see that in the medical records. X, Y, Z. Like we know glass. So we Mm -hmm. we, we know this asset. I feel like maybe that's a part of it. But he's right. I mean, if... If you're the race, though, and you put $6.5 million on Chris Archer, on Chris Archer, I'm not talking ace. I'm talking Chris Archer. After the two horrible seasons in Pittsburgh and and basically a non-season in 20, uh, you you got to believe that 7 mil is not going to be that much to pay for for Glass, who can come in in 23 and at least give you some innings. At some. Yeah, rehabbing. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I, I, I don't think it's a lot of money. I think $7 million for a guy who's rehabbing, who's, who was your ace, who was probably a top three AL Cy Young contender. Right. I, I don't think that's a lot of money. 
Yeah, but we also have to keep in mind, I guess, you know, 10, 11 million dollars was too much to play uh, to pay Blake Snell. 15 million dollars was too much to pay Charlie Morton. So there's a who lot. Who are going to produce? Yes. Who, are, who are going to be on the field? Yeah. So I the, the only thing that we know for sure is that to have an answer to this, we're going to have to wait. It's going to be we we nothing can be done as of right now as far as I know unless they were to uh you know release them in some crazy maneuver. Right. So uh come to uh, come back to us in November, I guess. But if you guys do have more voice memos out there, we do we will take a couple more if you want to send some and and put in your uh two cents and give your thoughts on the whole uh, glass now debate and and go from there. But um I think we've uh I don't want to say we've beaten the story to death, but I think it's it's time to move on for a little bit unless there's any more uh, <laughs> developments with glass now so with that that wraps up this edition of the locked on rays podcast now tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the locked on bets and locked on mlb podcast hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow